Welcome to the Comic Web Superman Old Time Radio Podcast, where each week we bring you an exciting radio episode from the early years of the Man of Steel. The Comic Web sells old time radio programs and comic books. Comic Web also offers two other podcasts. One is a variety of old time radio programs, and the other is a video podcast of old movie serial cliffhangers. You can find them on our website, comicweb.com, or just type Comic Web into iTunes and you should find them. Now just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Superman. Thank you. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leave tall buildings at a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman! Strange visitor from another world who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. But before we join Superman, here is an important message. Fellows and girls, every day the city, state, and national offices of civilian defense organizations are swamped with letters from young people like yourselves. And most of these letters ask, what can I do, what part can I take in the national war effort? Now, the writers of these letters are all too young to join the United States Armed Forces, too young to join any of the numerous home defense groups. And yet they ask, isn't there something we can do? Some of you listening now are no doubt among those who have written these letters, and I bet many of you who have not written have thought the same thing. Well, the answer is a very simple one, and here it is. You can do your part in civilian defense. You can help win this war by buying war-saving stamps regularly. How does that help you out? How can my dime or 20 or 40 or 50 cents help to win this war? That's easy, too. For instance, your dime, just 10 cents, would buy five forty-five caliber bullets that can be used by our soldiers, sailors, or Marines to knock five Japs or five Nazis out of commission. And believe me, it's going to take a lot of those bullets to knock them all out and win this war. Another thing, 50 cents, which represents five 10-cent or two 25-cent war-saving stamps, will buy enough fuel oil to bring one of our destroyers a full mile closer to the Jap fleet in the Solomon Islands. And you know what happens when our Navy gets close enough to turn on the heat. And here's one more thing for you to think over. If every fellow and girl in the United States bought at least five ten-cent war-saving cents every day, the amount of money they'd lend to the government would buy enough fighter planes and bombers to blast Hitler's Luftwaffe right out of the air. So remember that each and every dime is important that buying war-saving stamps is a very important way to help win the war. So, why not pledge today to buy war-saving stamps regularly? And keep in mind this slogan. Every time you've got a dime, buy a war-saving stamp. And now, the adventures of Superman. As you know, Editor Perry White of the Daily Planet is financing an expedition to locate the lost continent of Atlantis, believed to be lying at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. Following a series of mishaps during which Jimmy was so seriously injured that Superman had to fly him to a naval hospital, our friends reached the spot in the Atlantic below which Dr. Leander Cameron, eccentric explorer and leader of the expedition, believes the lost continent will be found. As our last episode ended, Dr. Cameron's multi-depth submarine and bathosphere began the dive that will end, he believes, in the sighting of the lost continent of Atlantis three miles below the surface of the ocean. We join our friends now one mile below the surface, a depth no human being has ever descended to before. Listen. 
a mile below the surface. You really mean that we're actually a mile below the surface? Yes, Miss Lane, we're submerging rapidly. Oh, can't see a thing through this window. Everything's pitch black. That's right. I thought you said, Leander, that we'd see all sorts of strange things. We will, Perry, we will. I haven't switched on the searchlight yet. Searchlight? Well, now, don't tell me this submarine is equipped with searchlights. I might say, Miss Lane, that there's nothing with which this submarine is not equipped. Be prepared. That is my motto, along with the Boy Scouts of America. I wish we had a few Boy Scouts here now. I'd feel safer, perhaps. I'm not going to switch on the lights until we're a mile and a half below the surface. In a little while, we should begin to see... Wait. Things. There's something now. Where? Yes. Look. Look. See? Gracious. What is it? A fish. A fish? Well, I don't see anything but two big white eyes and rows of long teeth gleaming in the dark. That, if I'm right, is the Gunnistoma polyphony. Oh, really? And what might that be? A pickerel. A pickerel. Now, look here again. There, I am a freshwater fisherman. I've caught many pickerel in my time, and they don't look like that. The Gunnistoma polyphos is the saltwater cousin of the freshwater pickerel. It lives a mile below the surface of the ocean. This fellow is 40 times bigger than any pickerel you've ever caught, Perry, and his teeth are also 40 times bigger. Notice how they shine in the dark? You mean they're luminescent? That's right, Mr. Kent. From here on, we shall see nothing but luminescent fish. Fish that shine in the dark. Well, I should think that would be quite necessary in this inky blackness. Look! Look, isn't that pretty? Oh, yes, Lois. That's a beautiful... My heavens, look at the colors in that fish. Red, green, yellow, blue, and all lit up. It looks like a swimming Christmas tree. Wonderful, isn't it? Let me get to the phone. I want to tell Nicodemus about it. Nicodemus! Yeah? Nicodemus, did you see the Anthemolicus nocostalsis? What? You're crazy. What do you mean? That was a Mictovum punctatum. You are out of your mind. That was no Mictovum punctatum. That was definitely an Anthemolicus nocostalsis. These thick-tight fins were much too long, and any fool could see the Lamarian scales were much too close together. Uh, you're just stubborn. <laughs> Didn't he agree? He says it was a mixed-open punctatum. Ridiculous, utterly ridiculous. Now, no, no, Doctor, it really doesn't matter. Well, whatever it was, it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Just like a Christmas tree glowing in a dark room. This is wonderful. I've never experienced anything like it. How far down are we now, Doctor? Well, now, let me see. Yes, one mile and a half. Time to turn on the searchlight. We don't want to hit a projecting ledge or coral reef. Or an Atlantean mountain peak. Nicodemus... Yeah. Turn on the searchlights, Nicodemus. Okay. I still say that was an Anthemolicus nocostalsis. I suppose you didn't see the Arancelia dactylometry depending from the Aurelia. You can't even pronounce it. It was a Mictovum punctatum. There's no doubt of it in my mind. Ah. Ah. No doubt of it in his mind. He hasn't got a mind. Uh-oh. There go the searchlights. Great heavens, look. Oh, look. Isn't it amazing? Simply amazing. Leander, I really don't care now whether we find Atlantis or not. I've seen everything there is to be seen. I feel the same way, Mr. Oh, Lloyd. I knew it would thrill you. It thrills me, too. Remember, I've never seen this before, either. Well, if you've never seen all this before, how can you be sure you're right and Nicodemus is wrong? What do you mean? Well, he says that fish we saw was a mictofum pictatum. Uh, yeah. uh, what was that again, Chief? Nicodemus said that fish was a mictofum pictatum. Uh, 
And Leander here says it was an anthropologist. Yeah, yeah, well, now, now, why don't you just forget it, Chiefy? Those Latin names are a bit too much for you. Now, look at here. Can't I want to tell you? Huh? What? Well, maybe I'd better. Uh, better have that upper plate fixed. Yeah. <laughs> look, what's that? Clark. Great heavens, look. That is a mammoth shark, Miss Lane. A veritable sea monster. A mammoth shark? It looks the size of a whale. It is. You mean to say that there are sharks as big as whales? Of course. They have to be that big to withstand the pressure of a mile and a mile and a half below the surface. Oh, which reminds me, how are we withstanding the pressure? Well, we appear to be doing very well. Very well indeed. Ah, yes. Yes, in a short time, we ourselves will look upon the ancient and now submerged land of Atlantis, a land where 9,000 years ago men and women lived as we live today. We shall see houses, roads, streets, buildings of all sorts. We shall... What's that? What? I saw it only for a moment. Caught in the beam of the searchlight. That thing there? It looks like an eel. Certainly, that's all it is, an eel. Pretty big eel. Uh, what else you say, Leander? Uh, what's the matter? You're turning pale. Give me that phone. Leander, what is it? Nicodemus. Never mind, Doc. I've seen the two. Surface at one. I'm servicing, Doc. What's the matter, Doctor? Look at that eel. Look at it now. What? Why, it can't be an eel. It looks like... It looks like a lot of tangled giant eels. It's a devil fish, an octopus, a giant octopus. Yes, by heavens, and it's seen us. A giant octopus? Oh, 40 to 60 times larger than the ordinary octopus. Parrot, we must get away from it. We must. Are we starting toward the surface? Yes. Hadn't we better turn off our searchlight? No, the octopus can see in the dark. We can't escape him that way. Pray to heavens he doesn't come after us, that he really doesn't see us. It's beginning to move up toward us from the depth. I'm sure it's moving toward us. Those tentacles, look at them. They're as big as fire hoses. He's seen us. We're in a bad spot, I'm afraid. A very bad spot. The phone. Nicodemus. Yeah. Nicodemus, what do you think? Well, I think he's going to come for us, Doc. We must do something. Is there anything we can do, Nicodemus? Nothing except trying to keep away from him. Then why don't you? We're not rising very fast. What's the matter with you? You know I can't rise any faster than the compression tanks will take it. You want a case of the bends? Rather a case of the bends, Nicodemus, and nobody left with which to have them. Ah. That thing will crush us like an eggshell if it gets a hold of it. It's coming up fast. Tell you what I'll do, Doc. I'll level out and try to get away from it that way can't do it by trying to reach the surface. No, don't do that. Keep rising. We may be able to reach a depth where the giant octopus can't go. I never thought of that. Keep surfacing, then. We'll see what happens. What did you mean, Doctor, when you said we'd reach a depth where the octopus can't go? Well, you see, Kent, these fish live at great depths because they're accustomed to them. They build up an internal pressure that reacts against the external pressure. In brief, they can only live at tremendous depths. Oh. Once they reach a normal pressure, the internal pressure blows them apart because there's nothing to hold it in. I well, see. How far do we have to go yet before we reach that point? Just a moment. I'll check the gauge. Oh, it's horrible. Look at that thing swimming up toward us. It's like a huge head with tremendous arms attached to it. It's gruesome. Yes, isn't it? Look at those big suction cups on its arms. We're moving away from the thing, but it's coming on fast. The question is, will it overtake us before we get too high for it to follow? Oh, we've just got to wait and see. Oh, if only Superman were here. I doubt if there's anything he could do. Oh, of course you doubt it. If Superman were here, he'd get out through the escape chamber and kill that, that thing. Oh, I've been wondering about that. He could get out through the escape chamber, of course, but... How would he get out of this compression chamber? Well, what do you mean, Ken? Well, it seems to me if the door of the compression chamber was open, you'd... I mean, we'd all die. There's a tremendous pressure outside there. A pressure you wouldn't be able to withstand for more than a second or two. What do you think this compression chamber is for, anyway? You're right. I never thought of that. What the devil are we discussing Superman for, anyway? He's not here, and he can't help us. Uh, yeah, yes, I'm afraid you're half right, anyway. This suspense is awful. Look... Look, that horrible octopus is gaining on us. 
That tremendous head, those long, horrible tentacles. Hold on to yourself, Lois. What's the point of holding on to myself when we haven't a chance? We're going to be crushed by that huge and disgusting thing. Easy, Lois, easy. Nothing's happened yet. Make it away from us. Leander, can't we rise any faster than this? Well, Nicodemus is doing the best he can, Pay. Well, then, his best isn't good enough. That thing is going to catch us, so we're shooting. Well, the gauge is reading miles below the surface. We can rise at three quarters of a mile before the devilfish reaches us. I think we may be safe. What do you mean you think we may be safe? It's impossible, Mr. Kent, to gauge the pressure actively. I don't know just how much or how little pressure that octopus can stand. Lois, what? Look against the window! A suction cup. A suction cup from one of those tentacles. The under it's reached us. We're caught in its tentacles. Not yet. No, no, not too quickly. Well, look for yourself against the glass. It's as big as a platter. Yes, I see it. There's nothing I can do now. Nothing anyone can do unless there's one last chance. Nicodemus! Nicodemus! Yes? We rise no faster than this. No, Doc. We're rising just as fast as we can. It's impossible to go any faster. But we've got to go up faster. The octopus has one arm around us already. There are more now. We've got to reach a pressure he can't stand. Wait a minute. What's that? It's the motor. The octopus has wrapped his arms around us. He's pulling us down, and the motors can't pull against him. Now, the gauge. Look at the gauge. We're going down again. We're sinking. I'm afraid there's nothing we can do now. Nothing at all. Is there really nothing that can be done to stop the monster of the deep, the mammoth octopus whose many powerful tentacles are wrapped around the submarine, dragging it and our friends down into the bottommost depths of the Atlantic? Superman, it seems, is helpless, for he cannot leave the compression chamber without killing the others in it. What can Superman do now? How will he resolve this situation? Well, be sure to listen Monday and every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Tune in and follow the adventures of Superman. Well, there goes Superman until Monday. Meanwhile, don't let the weekend go by without buying your share of war-saving stamps. And remember what I told you at the beginning of this program, you fellows and girls who are too young to join the armed forces or any of the national defense organizations. You can do your part, you can help win this war by buying war-saving stamps. So let's make a pledge right now to buy war-saving stamps regularly. Talk it over tonight with Mother and Dad. Ask them to give you a dime every day or even every other day for war-saving stamps. And then buy some extra ones out of your regular weekly allowance. And see if you can't get your friends to buy stamps regularly, too. Or better yet, why not organize a war-saving stamp club right in your neighborhood and make this your club slogan. Every time you've got a dime, buy a war-saving stamp. Faster than a speeding bullet! More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Follow the adventures of Superman every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Superman is directed by George Lothar and is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. This is Mutual. <laughs>